Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Son of a Mitch. The Steelers lose and it might be time to have the Trubisky talk. Are the Boston Celtics okay? And can the Miami Dolphins take down the Buffalo Bills? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. A phenomenal George Pickens catch was not enough for the Pittsburgh Steelers to go in and get a win against Jacoby Brissett on the road on Thursday night in a 29-17 to loss. Asked about his quarterback situation after the game, Mike Tomlin said he was definitely not considering a quarterback change, but right now the Steelers have just four touchdowns on 34 drives. That is 11.8%. That would have been the worst rate in football last season. That's that coming from ESPN. Joining me now from Locked On Steelers, Chris Carter. And Chris, I understand that they have been steadfast in Pittsburgh, that this is Mitch Trubisky's team. How do you think this first three games affects how firm that grasp on that starting job Mitch Trubisky has? I I really think that it's it might have. I think what it's done is it's kind of hastened the pace later on. Um, as I've said on my show, like if I was calling the shots, Kenny'd be it after this week. This would be that 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 would be it. But I also know how the Steelers operate. They are not a knee jerk reaction team to sometimes to the point where they're a little slow on something. But they they want to give they want to make sure they give a veteran quarterback who they brought in a chance to keep his job. And if they flipped it over that quickly, then everyone would kind of think, oh well, your job would just be flipped over that quickly if you made a, if you had a couple bad games. Uh, but to me, I mean, you, you see the problems with Mitch Trubisky, even on the play where George Pickens caught the ball in a ridiculous fashion behind his head. Chase Claypool was doing jumping jacks in the middle part, middle part of the field with, with 30 yards of space. Like he, he didn't even need to throw that ball to Pickens, which I mean, he still was still again, amazing catch and a highlight play that people will be talking about for a while, but Chase Claypool's by himself in the middle part of the field. There's a big debate amongst Steelers fans that, Oh, it's Matt Canada's fault. Oh, he needs to go. I think Matt Canada is calling fine plays. I think there's, there's plays open every day. George Pickens even said it this week in the locker room. We're open every play. You know, there, there's, there's guys open all the time. Mr. Bisky's not seeing the field, which is what, what the moniker was on him years ago, which still has carried over him uh, even after a year of being on the bench behind Josh Allen. Um, I, I know Mike Tomlin, they're not going to, you know, they want to believe in their guys. They don't want to, you know, you know, show that they're flippant in their decisions. But I, I do think that this experiment needs to be over with. They have a long week ahead of playing the New York Jets. That's a perfect time to get a rookie quarterback some starts. But I also think whenever this move does happen, they will not tell us until they actually do it. It's interesting because Mike Tomlin can have a plan and the organization can have a plan and no one is more hooked into his locker room than Mike Tomlin. Those guys watch the tape. And this was, I think, the first week, and you cover this stuff more closely than I do, but if it's leaking out into the national media that the receivers are going, man, I don't know quite what's going on. That, that Some of the George Pickens comments you mentioned raised some eyebrows with me. And I was like, okay, if these receivers know that, that this is not it, it makes it easier for Mike Tomlin to say, okay, we gave this a shot. We, we gave Mitch Trubisky his chance. We empowered him, and he didn't get the job done. Now it's time to go to the rookie. 
I, I feel you. That's that's where my brain is at. And here's the thing: one of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest, like you know, critiques of this offense before the season even started was that it didn't matter who you'd put at quarterback because the offensive line would just be so terrible. Well, they're actually playing well now. Miles Garrett did nothing in this yeah. game, and like, like, and that was against Dan Moore Jr., the fourth round, the second year fourth round pick out of Texas A&M that everyone thought he was going to be feasted upon all season long. The offensive line is actually doing great in pass protection. They could do a little bit better in the run game but in pass protection they're giving him time they're communicating Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are blowing up blitzers in the backfield they've they've got talented receivers they've got Pat, Pat Fryermuth to me this is this comes down to the quarterback much like I said it came down to quarterback last year with Ben Roethlisberger you know the middle part of the field there's open wide receivers for whatever reason they're scared to th- you know the quarterback who has the ball in his hand is scared to throw it there for me if I'm Mike Tomlin I'd be calling up, calling it up right now. Kenny Pickett, you know, do what you, you know. We're we're gonna help you as much as you can, but you, it, it, it's your, it's your shot. Again, I get it. You want to give Mitch a vet. You want to show all you know the whole NFL, like, hey, if you come to the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're a veteran, you're going to be given a fair shake. And I think that's part of what the Steelers try to do across the board. Is they try to make sure that message gets out because it helps them get guys like Miles, Jack, and Larry Oak and Joe B coming coming to the team. But at this point, I think you're 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 weighing that. You know that philosophy and that ideal that that ideal against maybe be playing a better quarterback who can be winning you football games right now. Because again, even though the final score was two possessions, you know that was a one possession game. And if you know if they're gonna have an offense that puts up more points or at least just keeps the defense out off you know off the field longer, they have a shot to win both the games they've lost this season. Stay up to date on the Pittsburgh Steelers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Steelers podcast on the Odyssey app. YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, what is happening with the Boston Celtics? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. Week three of the NFL has some big time matchups to keep an eye on. It all starts with the Buffalo Bills. Heading south to take on the Miami Dolphins, Bet Online has the Bills as five point favorites. Then later in the day, the Green Bay Packers travel to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bet Online has this game. Now at a pick'em. And on Sunday night, the San Francisco 49ers are in Denver to face the Broncos. Bet online likes the Niners by a point and a half. It's Jimmy G against Russell Wilson. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Baltimore Ravens made a move to add a pass catcher. No, sorry, a pass rusher. Jason Pierre-Paul agreed to a one-year deal with the Ravens on Thursday. The Ravens were down to two outside linebackers on their 53-man roster after Stephen Means was placed on injured reserve on Monday. The Ravens' pass rush struggled in Sunday's 42-38 loss to the Miami Dolphins, which featured the biggest fourth-quarter collapse in team history. Baltimore has a very un-Ravens-like four sacks in two games this season. The addition of Pierre-Paul comes after his second meeting with Baltimore. He visited the Ravens in June and left without a deal. Color me shocked. Just absolutely flabbergasted. Sure, Jan. Sean Payton is interested in returning as an NFL head coach in 2023 for the, quote, right situation. File that under no doy. He's working for Fox Sports this season after stepping down from his coaching job with the New Orleans Saints in January, but seems to be itching for a return to the sidelines. Asked what he would be looking for in a coaching opportunity, Peyton said the right ownership and front office is important. Peyton will still have two seasons left on his Saints contract after the 2022 season, meaning that if he were to take 
an NFL coaching job in 2023, his new team would have to compensate the Saints. Jerry Jones, get your checkbook out. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady said Thursday that the ring finger of his throwing hand is fine, although his demeanor in practice indicated that an injury is causing him discomfort. Great. I feel great, Brady said when asked about his finger with a hint of sarcasm that drew some laughter from reporters. It's football season, he said. Brady, who usually has Wednesdays off, was a full participant in that practice and went through a complete workload on Thursday, but he was spotted during the portion of practice that was open to the media, shaking his right hand multiple times, as if bothered by some injury. He's not among the 12 players listed on the team's injury report this week. The NCAA placed LSU's football program on one year of probation and issued a three-year show cause against a former assistant coach who it says admitted to meeting with a prospect and giving him team gear during a COVID-19 recruiting dead period. The Tigers said they fired offensive line coach James Craig for cause in June 2021 after he admitted to violating NCAA rules. In addition to probation, LSU has already self-imposed a $5,000 fine. Uh-huh. A one-week prohibition in recruiting communications and unofficial visits, uh-huh, and reductions in official visits and evaluation days, uh-huh, yeah. Craig, who is now an assistant line coach for the San Francisco 49ers, helped guide the Tigers to a college football playoff national title in 2019. His unit won the Joe Moore Award as the best offensive line in FBS that season. And on the diamond, after an insane day yesterday, Matt Vierling notched the game-winning RBI in another win for the Phillies, this time over the Atlanta Braves. That's right, let's go Philadelphia. Connor Thomas, your host of Locked On Phillies. The Phillies shut the door against the Braves. They win one to nothing on Matt Vierling's sacrifice fly. Matt Vierling, who walked it off last night against the Toronto Blue Jays to snap a five-game losing streak, is now the only RBI in tonight's game. The pitching was outstanding. Ranger Suarez was incredible. Jose Alvarado, to close it, was incredible. The defense was great. There's still some missed opportunities, but shutting out the Braves, well, the Braves' offense has been struggling lately, but the Phillies have been struggling to win games at all. What a win that is for the Philadelphia Phillies. What a time for them to have it. NOLA goes tomorrow. They have an opportunity to split the series right off the bat by winning the first two, but getting that game against Atlanta after the way the Braves handled them in Atlanta in the last series these two uh, played each other is awesome. That's a playoff caliber win right there. A playoff caliber win. Red October is still very much in play. Check out more on our next episode of Locked on Phillies wherever you get your podcasts. Here is another story you need to know. After getting to the NBA Finals, the last few months have not gone nearly as well for the Boston Celtics, really just the last week. First, Robert Williams, the Time Lord, uh, announced that he's having surgery on his leg, is going to miss four to six weeks, may not be ready to start the season. This is another injury on top of what he was dealing with in the playoffs that caused him to miss time. And then a scandal. Ime Udoka had a consensual relationship with a female staffer in Boston and will miss the 2022-2023 season. John Corrales from Locked on Celtics here to help us make sense of all this. And and John, let's start with, the I think, the bigger of these two stories. We expect Time Lord to be back on the floor at some point. Losing Ime Udoka for a year, this scandal that has rocked Boston. What do you make of what's going on there right now? 
Yeah, it's so hard to say, man, because the details are are thin. We mm. we know we know a, a little bit. We know that there was it was consensual, but apparently inappropriate. So you know, without without speculating too much, we know that something something happened that basically shouldn't have happened. And regardless of two consenting adults, it was very clear that something shouldn't have happened. And however people react to the details, however people feel about the punishment. The fact is that Emi Odoka will miss the whole season, and it, it does leave open a ton of questions that are almost impossible to answer because we, we don't know. We've never seen this before. We don't. Is he going to come back? How do you come back from this? Uh, is there a path for him to return? Could could he return early? I, I don't know how any of this is really going to work because it's so unprecedented. Yeah, and, and we've seen this in the NFL. Someone like Sean Payton, he returns after a year-long suspension and has a successful career after that. Different kind of allegation in that case, though. And, and this is being framed now by, by those who have, have broken the story and both Shams and Woj have offered their pieces of it that this was a breach of trust, uh, a sort of like irreparable harm kind of breach of trust. And I, I also think it's worth saying there has been a lot of people who have attempted to figure out who the, who this woman is the the Celtics took down their website. So people could not be searching staffers. Do not do that. That is inappropriate yeah. and gross for, for the people involved. It is a horrible situation for everyone to be going through. So please don't do that. Let's talk about the other part of this, John, the, the Robert Williams part. This just sort of adds to an off season that after, after they go out and they add Malcolm Brogdon and, and Danilo Gallinari, who is already hurt, there was a lot of optimism about this team, and now yeah. it, it sort of feels like, oh my gosh, like it, yeah, they're snake bitten all of a sudden. <laughs> we'll say that the optimism has been tempered just a bit. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you can you say, okay, Gallinari, that that sucks because that was their only free agent money that they they had to spend that that mid level exception, the taxpayer mid level. So okay, he was still going to be maybe a seventh or eighth man, and you can deal with that. Uh, maybe one of the guys who's in house can step up. Robert Williams, he'll be out, but he'll he'll miss maybe a couple of weeks of the regular season. By all accounts, this is a, a cleanup, uh, some scar tissue being kind of cleaned up. Uh, I, I feel like if... But isn't the problem so, for him that he can't stay on the court? Like, this is just another thing to add to the pile yeah, for him, which is why you might be concerned about it. So, yes, I understand that. However, um, it's not a new injury. It's... He he it's the meniscus surgery that he had. There apparently was some debris left over. Probably, you know, we can maybe criticize him coming back too soon, but he didn't re-injure it. He didn't make it worse. It's just that there's scar tissue and debris that just needs to come in and they need to put a scope in there and clean that out. Uh that's not uncommon for an injury like that, especially for a guy who's tried to come back and play on it. So while I understand the, oh my God, here we go again type of feeling with Robert Williams, it's not a new injury. I, if it was another knee sprain, if it was another torn MCL in, or, or I'm sorry, a torn meniscus in his other knee, then then yes, I'd be like, wow, man, this guy can't catch a break. Cleaning up the debris from the previous surgery and min missing minimal time. I'm not as worried about that. Stay up to date all year on the Boston Celtics by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Celtics podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, what can the Dolphins do to stun the Bills? 
Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today. I use it for my fantasy football. You probably use it for your fantasy football. And now they have integrated their really fun over-unders game right into their fantasy interface. So you can go into your app and swipe through all the stuff you're going to swipe through on a daily basis, checking the waiver wire, checking for trades, trying to figure out what's going on with your roster. And, oh, hey, I like some of these over-unders. Why don't I put a little money down and try and make some on these over-unders? You just take a couple players, two or more, and you pick the over or the under of their, let's say, rushing yards for running backs. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. And it's all in your app with things like group chat built right in. It's so easy to play with your friends and have a blast and hopefully make some money. Plus, you can join our listener group, sleeper.com slash locked on today. Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 when you join. So go to sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Week three has a couple of exciting matchups to watch, starting with the Miami Dolphins hosting the Buffalo Bills. Just how can the Dolphins get a win? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins is glad you asked. The Miami Dolphins are going to need the explosive plays coming if they're going to pull off a win in week three against the Buffalo Bills. This is Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins, and the Miami Dolphins manufactured 28 fourth quarter points against the Baltimore Ravens and their banged-up secondary, and now the Dolphins will be hosting Super Bowl betting favorite team Buffalo Bills and longtime AFC East rival in Week 3 at home at Hard Rock Stadium. Buffalo also looking as though their secondary is going to be banged up, so the pressure is on Miami's coveted wide receiving core to utilize that speed and continue to create explosive plays because the odds of containing Josh Allen and the Bills' offense for 60 minutes... It's not great. The Buccaneers and the Packers are set to do battle in the second wave of Sunday games. James Yarko looks at how the Bucs can beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. James Yarko here from the Locked On Bucks podcast talking about the Buccaneers' key to victory this week as they host the Green Bay Packers in their home opener. And it's all about the defense. Tom Brady has had issues early on this season getting the ball to his playmakers, and now his playmakers have been depleted even more with the suspension of Mike Evans being upheld. But the Buccaneers' defense, who is first in the NFL in scoring, allowing just 6.5 points per game, allowing just one touchdown so far on the season, they're second in takeaways with six. They have the most team sacks in the NFL with 10, and they are eighth in the NFL in passing defense, allowing 189 and a half yards per game. It's all about this defense making Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. Shaq Barrett has caused Aaron Rodgers problems in the past. Jamel Dean has caused Aaron Rodgers problems in the past. And Rodgers flat out does not have great luck against this Buccaneers team. Yeah, I'll still take the Packers in that one. And Justin Fields. Yes, not Justin Fields is the key to get the Chicago Bears back on the right track against the Houston Texans, as Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears points out. The Chicago Bears need to open up their passing game to balance the ground attack if they want to beat the Houston Texans on Sunday. 
I'm Lauren Cox from the Locked On Bears podcast, and we've seen now the Bears have success getting David Montgomery going in the ground game, but everyone's talking about how few pass attempts Justin Fields has had this season. I think some of the trust questions are a little bit overblown, but the Bears do need to throw the ball more to win these types of football games. I think they're going to be able to run the ball effectively against the Houston Texans, and they're going to be tempted to try and stick with that throughout the ballgame. But you have to open things up a little bit more with some more play action shots downfield and get a little bit less conservative on some screen passes and some underneath dump offs just to try and fight to live another down. And if they don't, things will get ugly in Chicago in a hurry. And finally, this story is absolutely wild. Threatening to blow up a nuclear reactor sounds like a James Bond movie plot, but it was an actual threat posed by a student at the University of Utah. The student threatened to detonate the reactor in the middle of Utah's campus if the Utes lost to San Diego State. After she was arrested, she said it was meant to be a joke, but university police said they take that stuff seriously and booked her anyway. Apparently, the Utes took it seriously, too, as they beat San Diego State 35-7. to Crisis averted, I guess. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, which one of these 0-2 teams gets right in week three? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. <laughs>